From the Finley Toyota Studio, it's Cofield and Company. And now Caravan. Back to Hawkins. That's where they want the ball right now. He's got the hot hand. Dribbling. Off to the right. Firing and hitting again. I believe it was a three-pointer. Johnson can't defend any better. He was right there. It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. Here we go, Cofield and Company on a Tuesday. Ari is steering the ship here in the Finley Toyota Studios. By the way, brand new Finley Toyota Studios, big redesign. Great job by the crew all the way up to the boss. Uh, GM Natalie put a lot of money into the studio. So now the question is, and by the way, can the let's get the vast social media crew here at Lotus to uh, take a picture of the studio and send that out, right? Because here's here's the question to be answered. We've now got a setup. Our old setup was kind of made for sitting or standing. It was a higher table. These things are important to us. No one in the audience really cares like about a this. It was like a counter with the with beautiful formica. It was like a or breakfast for formica, as my mother would say. Yeah. Um, my mother. So we've now got a lower table. To, it's more of kind of a communal convo thing, right? It's not as aggressive standing up. But here's the thing. As I say to the significant other all the time about the little exercise I get, because uh, she'll gripe, Willie, when I park too far. By the way, Willie Ramirez is here. Uh, but she'll gripe when I park too far away from whatever store. And I'm like, yep, this is the only exercise I get. So we're going to walk. We're going to walk. This is the other. This is my other activity is just standing and walking in studio a little bit. So I have stood during the show for years. It actually threw – I forget who it threw off. Was it Taylor Byrne? I think it was Taylor Byrne, old member of uh, Cofield and Company, who, of course, when uh, DJT was elected, he had said before if Trump had won the election that he was leaving the country. He has not come back. So I like to point that out all the time because this was a man of his word. A lot of other celebrity pansies said, hey, this happens, I'm leaving. You didn't leave. Byrne left. I don't know when he's coming back. I don't think he's ever coming back. Anyway, he was thrown off by the fact that I stood, and he, I guess he didn't notice it for months when he was part of the company, and then all of a sudden he was like, oh, crap, what do I do here? We've had guests guilted into standing. I think Justin Watkins, our legal insider, I think we guilted him into it. Now, if I were the vast social media crew, I would probably take a picture where the mic arms aren't in front of our faces, but that would just be my advice. But anyway, I digress. Um, I like to stand during the show. Kind of pushes it, right, Willie? We yeah, talked about does. this. It pushes it, it gets, right? The energy gets flowing. I like to stand. We don't want to have you falling asleep. For that reason, but also because I'm up between three and four every morning yeah, you writing, need to be, and I'm yeah. sitting you're, down yeah, all day. Yeah, you're, you're tired yeah, when you get and, here. And, and generally, I'm coming here I need a ca- directly I, I, after or a couple within an hour and a half or so after yeah. the gym. So I'm still fired up. We're still looking for kind of things to build the studio into. Could we get a kettlebell rack right over here? A lot of room now. Could we do squats during the breaks? Well, what I would like to do maybe is I would just uh, throw the kid over my shoulders and squat him. You would just squat Ari? Yeah. I could deadlift him. 162? What do you think? You used to work in the circus as a weight guesser. Ari's probably, yeah, we're 165 maybe. 
Okay. Wet 170. Wet. Soaking wet. That's an old term. Yeah. That's a real old term. I, I, I'm on this 10-week program leading up to the 54th birthday. This is week three. Right. And, and, and on push-pull legs, it's X percent based off of your max. Right. And then you do four times four, three times three. So t- today was a, an 80%, and I was deadlifting 205, three sets of three. So wow. I already would be a warm-up. Look at you. Look at you. Well, speaking of weight, uh, we saw one of the great all-time 125-pound wrestlers yeah. in the NCAA tournament actually lose. Yeah. This is one of my favorite moments of the year in sports because someone had a reaction that might be similar to my reaction. I'm not sure if my mother would react the same way. I would hope she would. What a magical moment. Eh, it sucked for this kid. What was his name? Spencer Lee? Or is yeah. his name? He didn't die. Yeah. Um, he lost. What did mom do? Mom cringed, turned in disgust, turned, picked, took her glasses off of her face, and crumbled them in her hands. She taught sportsmanship 101, obviously, to her son, but she was very upset. I don't know. She, uh... Yeah. I mean, it's probably it is what it is. her. Was, her. See, and this was he was supposed to be like the pound for pound, like, and he was going for his fourth straight title. Yep. So there was a lot at stake. Major there. upset. Major upset. I think it was the same day, if I'm not mistaken, that Penn State registered an outright upset in basketball. So there was like two different storylines with that school within a 24 hour mm. period. If they both could have lost, we'd all be happy. Well, yeah, because well, you're a Big Ten guy. Kind of. Yeah. Just and an anti Penn State guy. Yeah. Oh, you're anti Penn State. Oh, yeah. So you really don't like, like. I, you know, actually, with the wrestler, I, res- I respect their wrestling program a lot. Yeah, I would not, they're... I would not, I don't know the kid either. Like, if he's a crumb and a pain in the ass, then you root against him. Like, I have, I have a couple of targets later that I've been watching, and I'm like, do not like that athlete much. You know, I get very judgmental. And you do. I need, I need very, rooting interest. And, and, and quickly, too. Oh, it just it happens like Qu- that. It just doesn't matter. Like, if you just see one thing without even doing research, Oh, who is this pain in the ass? Yep. Or like if somebody takes your seat on press row, you'll walk by, stop, stare, yeah. disgust, and keep going. Just shake your head in disgust at them. By the way, I had someone chastise me on my my uh, grumbly, grousing <coughs> attitude, right? It was 2.37. It's right before the show for me. Mm-hmm. Final stretch. Yeah. I'm sitting in our break room because I would never eat in this beautiful new studio. I had a little slice of pizza. I went to the break room. Not everyone does that, right, Willie? Um, and... One of our bosses on the other side, Dane, walked by, and I, I, was, I had food in my mouth, and I was looking at my phone, and I, he walks by, and he's like, hey, what's going on, Steve? And I did not even look up, and I was like, hey. He walks out of the room, and I think it hit him. I was like, this, or he was thinking, this son of a bitch. Uh, he comes back, and he goes, you know, I heard you talking the other day about how uh, you're not jovial enough and social enough at work. You might want to work on that. I was like, good point. Fatal flaw. Sorry, my friend. You bring up pizza. It mixes in with media. I got a quick story for you. A great one. Is it quick? Yeah. And is it great? That's it, always it the question. It is great. So we're in the we're in, we're in, I'm at. I'm not even going to get into where I was at. I'm just going to say that I was in a press local press box, and <laughs> it was mid game, and a reporter sees in the sort of the clubhouse. Say he sees a couple with a pizza. He says, "Oh, are they serving pizza." The club. Says, oh yeah, back there. Points to it. So this media member goes up to the looks and says, comes back and says, yo, yo, you didn't tell me I had to pay for it. There's p- 
pizza. Yep. Yeah, but you got to pay for it, 14 bucks. But as he's saying, of just course, yeah. just glaring at the pizza, and the person goes, well, out of guilt, I think, because w- would you like slice? Yeah, I would. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Grab the pizza. Yeah, absolutely. All right, you'll tell me the name during fantastic. the break. Fantastic. It was fantastic. You'll tell you the, Gotta love them. You'll tell me the name during the break, and then I won't reveal the name until it slips out like two weeks from now. <laughs> I'll hold it in. <laughs> okay. So I'll give you a good example of I love sports. So I, you know, I, I can watch anything and, and eventually kind of pick up a rooting interest. Like yesterday, Adam Hill and I basically decided that we couldn't root for anyone in the West Regional with these four teams here, which is not entirely true. He got to the point, he said he just talked himself into not rooting for any of them. And that includes Gonzaga, who he's got a big future on for the title. Okay. Um, I already sort of like the Cavender twins and the fact that they're, they've been incredibly enterprising. These are the two young lady sisters who are at Fresno. They really started breaking through on social media and pulling down NIL deals. Then they transfer to Miami. People have a problem with that. The NCAA tries to come in and slap them on the wrist. They openly mock the NCAA right to their freaking faces. And then you got a great opportunity yesterday. You have the Cavender Twins and Miami. And remember, Miami's got a really aggressive collective. It's so aggressive. At one point this year, Jim Beheim said, hey, Miami bought their team. He wasn't talking about the women's team, but the women's team has been aggressive, and they went out and got the Cavender Twins. So I'm already on their side. I, I love what they do. Their, their content's okay. Complete opposite of the judgmental part of athletes with you. Uh, well, I've judged them to be you okay like the, in you the like, eye of Cofield. Judge. Yes, the okay, eye of Cofield is the, okay. the ultimate judge. Okay. So they match up against top-seeded Indiana. I'm not an Indiana person at all. Big Ten? Yes. Yeah. Oh, especially Indiana. Um <laughs> It, it, you know, a lot of it goes back to Bobby Knight and the reverence of Bobby Knight. Sorry yeah. for the ladies team, but yeah. I'm out on you. Did you watch the end of that freaking game? I did because I was getting ready. I like I it was on, but I wasn't paying attention because I was on a FaceTime call. But I was definitely it was on because I was getting ready to watch UCLA and why is it escape Oklahoma? Because I want to see freshman phenom Kiki Rice because I did a story on her while she was here. So yes, it was on. But it and then I saw it was a big deal. They won. They knocked out the top seed. Back and forth game. Yeah. Indiana devastated. Miami wins as a nine. That doesn't happen a lot in the women's tournament. It's getting deeper, but it's not as deep and competitive as the men. It's hard to advance to the Sweet 16 in that tournament as a as a very low seed. So Let me ask you a question. I, I thoroughly enjoyed that. And, you know, we're going to tie together. Yeah, we'll do it. And we're going to do it with the help of Paul Gutierrez, who I'm going to shout out a couple of times because Paul's coming on with us in the 5 o'clock hour. You know, when you think about it, there really is a tie between Tark and what Tark contributed to, the welfare of the athletes and how much that's changed over the last 40 years. So there really is a tie with what Tark was fighting for, first and foremost, to win. But, hey, what's wrong with the players getting a little bit of cheddar? And now you see female athletes making seven figures on social media or using social media and NIL. Uh, quick question. When you see a team, forget Indiana, forget that it's Indiana, okay? You see a top seed like that go out and the underdog wins, the yeah. big, the big, right? Do you, are you ecstatic and happy for them or, or for, for the lower seed, men or women, or when you see the tears flowing and all of a sudden, do you, do you ever feel bad or you go, eh, too bad? Which side are you on? Are you seriously asking me that? Yeah. Every once in a while, a tear might get me. But no, I'm I'm overjoyed. Okay, me too. Because it's part a, of sports. Well, well because it's part a, of sports. And well, guess what? That dominant team doled out a lot of tears on the other side, a lot of beatings, yes. a lot of beatdowns. Right. And here's the thing. We hear plenty of times from women athletes 
we are athletes. Treat us like athletes. Right. We want to be equal. We're right. equal, right? Okay. I do. I don't, I don't feel bad for you. Yeah, that's, that's go, go, go save your crocodile tears, just like the top-seeded men that, that got beaten, eliminated from their yep. side. There's no feeling sorry. Got to root for the Cinderella underdog when they get upset. Go cry in the locker room. Willie, congrats, man. Congrats. What a great job on the bracket contest. You are the highest-ranking LV Sports Network host, mm. staffer. You're tied with JBT and Q, mm. but you were on the first page. Yeah. Nice job, buddy. I appreciate it. You're blowing me away. I think you have 80 points. I have 66. Yeah, but no, you, I might not have 66. But you so made I know me I'm 66 place. But you made me aware that I think I was 50th on the local leaderboard. But you made me aware that I only got one team left, and it is one of the two teams I said were the best two teams in the bracket, in the entire bracket, and that's Alabama. I think that's my only Final Four team. Can left. someone dig up Willie's Final Four? All right, I have it right here. Um, <laughs> Alabama. Okay. Duke, oh, Ow. Indiana, <sighs> and I told you about a one seed and a health issue and that they shouldn't have been a one seed. You're really going to put it on the coach? Well, you defended the rest of the staff saying, kind of suggesting that Bill Self not coaching a game may not make a difference. I think it made a difference. Hmm. I think that's a guy who makes a difference. I'm not going to say every coach, the team can't survive without him. And I, obviously, I'm I'm in in a good position on results based analysis here. I'm sure it's not See, the only reason think, they didn't they didn't win. But yeah, can't so Duke, Kansas, Indiana are all out for Willie. I would think the bigger and better teams, it it doesn't make as big a difference as the lower seeded or a a mediocre team that's missing their coach because those mediocre teams need. That leadership, whereas a team like Kansas, if you're seated number one and you're that high ranked and you've been through the rigors of the Big 12, like you should know what to do. I get it. Big name, big coach, but you should also know what you're doing at that point. You're top seated. You're not top seated because of Bill Self. You've yeah. gotten there. Well, they have yes. a lot of talent. We know that. And by the now, don't get me wrong. If we're in the first month of the season, all of a sudden it's like, well, wait a minute. We just put this game plan in, in place. We just got out of training camp. What are we doing? But it's March. So, no, I don't put it on that. So, later on, we're going to talk about teams that you may have bet or that we bet with super long odds to win the title. And if this is now the time to start hedging back, Sam Paniotovich will join us in the 4 o'clock hour. We'll get into the best lower seeds, which, hey, it includes one of the teams here in the West Regional. We've got UCLA and Gonzaga, who are high seeds. UConn was a relatively high seed at four, and then there's Arkansas at eight. So, we'll pick out our favorite lower seeds, six on down, and who can really make waves in this tournament and – Maybe get to Houston. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve Cofield and at Willie G. Ramirez or tweet the show at Cofield and Co. I just can only imagine if it was this way when I was here, you know, especially with the NIL and all this old good stuff. But you got the girls team here who won the championship. You got uh, the Raiders here. I tell people all the time when I went to UNLV, there was no professional team nowhere. It was just that school and the basketball team. So it's a big 180 turnaround that I'm looking at now. But it's good for Vegas. Vegas is a basketball city, and it's good to see. Now. Back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota studio. studio. LJ, Larry Johnson making the rounds on uh, ESPN National. That was from uh, Canty and Carlin. And, yeah, the amount of money that Larry Johnson would have made beyond what he probably got. Um, 
but above board now would be insane. Uh, Juco isn't like it was back then. I mean, he was a ballyhooed recruit when he came out of Juco. Out of Texas. Um, I was – what year was that? Whatever. So I, I was probably 18, 19 at that point. 89 or 90. Right? 90. And I remember reading about him, you know, back in New Jersey, and I was all fired up. And I went to a preseason NIT game, and he played there. I think UNLV played yep. Michigan and Tim preseason McCormick. And, yep. He was good. He was really good. <laughs> how, big was the, how big was the fascination? Because I remember, you know, that was a few years after I moved back from Minneapolis. I, I, I went away for a couple of years. And when I got back here, you know, I knew who the Runner Rebels were, obviously, right? When I would come back and visit my grandfather, I'd go to yeah. games, Thomas and Max, so on and so forth. But then as the, the wave of success with the 86-87 yeah. Final Four team and then, you know, so on, I remember keeping in touch with friends in Minneapolis, and they yep. just loved. Massive. Loved to run and rebel. How, did, did that Massive. wave hit? Yep. Yeah. Massive. I mean, it wasn't as big as the Big East, but people knew about UNLV. And even at a young age, I can remember watching on Big Monday, Yeah, you know, the late night game because yeah. I was a kid who didn't want to sleep. So, you I know, you'd be 11 o'clock or midnight. Yeah. You'd have, I'd be like, why would I ever know at, say, 16 about um, the pyramid yep. or – Flying tortillas, the Thunderdome, the Thunder, right? Like Jerry I, Pym I, versus Jerry Tark. Yeah, because yeah, sure. I used to get to see the games late yeah. night. It was like Rod I, I can't Barnes. get enough sports, and the games at eleven at midnight. Yeah, that was that was that was that was a good time back yeah. then, no doubt. I used to write to sports. I used to send letters to Sports Illustrated and complain why UNLV wasn't in their top twenty. Remember they did the top twenty five. Used to write to them. Oh yeah, because I was I was a yeah. subscriber as a teen, so I was always write. I was a big letter writer back then. Well, that's all you could do, right? But I would send letters to all the pro teams. Like all the NFL teams, and they would they'd write you back if you were a fan. They'd write you back. They had paraphernalia that they would send to you. They it was already set up for fans. But I used to write to letters to the editors of Sports Illustrated, and and complain that UNLV wasn't in the top twenty-five. Interesting. Uh, I got a little UNLV basketball coming up. You know, we got more players going into the transfer portal. Also, some updates around the Mountain West Conference. But the football team. You know, Larry Johnson was just talking about how UNLV basketball owned the market. The uh, football team is trying to, you know, fight its way into the consciousness of many sports fans here. Got to win, right? You got to win at a high level, and that's why they brought in Barry Odom. They've got the facilities. They get to play at the Al, and they've got their new Fertitta facilities. So you got to win. They're trying to remake things here in the spring on a lot of fronts. And I'll tell you, a good test for kids' dedication is spring break. And the other thing to think about is, when you have spring practice, for folks who don't know, they started spring practice back on March 1st. They go to spring break. Then they take those 8, 9, 10 days off. Right. You got – I've mentioned they have 22 defensive backs. They're not all going to be on the team. They've got holdovers and new guys mixing. Well, what do you think happens during spring break for some kids after like two weeks of practice, right? It happened to Doug Brumfield last year, remember? All the hype about Harrison Bailey coming in. Brumfield gets to a certain point, and he's like, I think I'm out. He goes into the portal, takes a week to think about it, decides to come back, right? Good decision for the program and, and for him. So I also wonder what kids did during spring break, you know, because you got to, if you don't stay dedicated, you come back a little tubby, a little out of shape. Mm-hmm. That first practice back is going to be a mess. So got a chance to uh, talk to Barry Odom today and uh, started off this part of the conversation asking him if he kind of, if they warned guys about spring break, about not getting in trouble, making sure you, you, you mind yourself. We have a lot of 
teaching moments that we have in our team meeting and through experiences from our coaching staff, some of the things that we've seen or been around. You know, and you use the world of, of college sports and what's happening around us to, to use some of those examples. So, um, you know, on whatever, that was Friday, we had a, a lift session and had meetings, and then we spent some extra time on that. And, uh, you know, it turned into a little bit of a team-building uh, idea, but also, you know, we, we had a lot of different voices that day in the meeting. Uh, you know, some people from the city of Las Vegas spoke to them. Some of our coaching staff did as well, just on trying to uh, you know, be smart about you know, off or idle time. What do you guys do, you and the assistant coaches, during uh, the break? Well, I don't know specifically each guy what they did. Um, I went, my wife, oldest son, and daughter are still living in Arkansas, so I went back and uh, was able to spend time with them, which was awesome. And then their spring break is this week, so they're here, uh, which is great. So we got two weeks uh, kind of back together as a family, which was really, really cool, and I needed it. Um, I, I realized pretty quickly that, uh, you know, I thought I'd go back and, you know, take care of things around the house and all those <laughs> things. and. Yeah, it's gotten in the way and slowed down progress is probably what I did. Part of spring break for the guys, a time to think about their football future here. Did you talk about that with them? Oh, like, hey, do you, what do you think so far? Do you yeah. want to be with this program? I think we've been really honest and, and open about that. And, you know, in, in the, the world of college sports, there's now avenues to, um, you know, transfer, to leave. And like I said, when I got the job, I wanted – I wanted that core group to stay together, and uh, you know I don't know what that'll look like when the when the portal window opens back up. But I, you know, I think I think they appreciate and are hungry for the structure that they've had, the discipline, and I think the team is starting to uh, enjoy being around each other, and that's obviously some foundational approaches to building the team. Uh, one last thing on the portal. Could you see adding, you know, four, five, six new players to shore up certain positions? Well, I think you're always recruiting, and you always want to try to improve your roster. And, you know, I'm excited about our freshman class getting here in, in June, um, and then we'll see what that looks like here in the next couple of weeks if we have an opportunity to, to maybe add a player uh, or, or a group of players. Very deliberate guy. Barry Odom, the football coach at UNLV, talking to him today at spring practice, practice number six. Coming out of spring break, a couple of things there. I didn't think he would give that long an answer on talking to the kids before spring break because I, I, I just thought, hey, you know, you've got to tell them, be careful. Right. Don't get in trouble right. uh, and be ready when you come back. But he said they had a whole team-building thing, had people come in and speak to him. So that was interesting. Um, on the coaches, when I asked him about what he did and what the coaches did, I thought he was going to tell me, there's no break. They work. Yeah. So they actually had a little time off. So yeah. that so that was cool, and then I I think, well I know the reason I asked about the transfer portal and that week off. Kids are thinking about what their future is, and a, under any new coach, you think about hey, am I going to get playing time? Am I getting a chance? What do I want to do? And the reason I discuss that all the time is I want people to hear both sides of the transfer portal. Because it's not always, kids, no loyalty, no patience. There are also times when coaches tell the kids, 
this might not be the right spot for you. Yeah. So kids don't always go in 100% voluntarily, which is fine. He said it. We're having communications. You know, hey, if you want to be four on the depth chart and work to try to move up, then you can do that. But right now, and I don't know if they're giving them depth chart talks, but that's reality. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me about the coaches. You mentioned about the coaches taking some time off, only because it's an entirely new staff. And since they've all gotten here, starting with Odom and then hiring each guy one by one by one by one, they haven't stopped, Steve, leading up to spring. You know what I mean? So it would make sense maybe if it was the old crew and you're trying to still build things and you're in a routine. So, hey, but we need to – they've been going at it, and they've been going hard, and they've been recruiting, and they've been going all over this town, and they've been in and out. So let's not forget (laughs) that they've been putting in work since they actually got their job, probably without a day off. So they probably deserve that time off. I believe in – you know, and and it all goes back to those those little meet and greets that he had with – selective uh, members of the media we all went to and it was just an off the record chit chat to get to know one another this dude means business and and I like you said I think his deliberate conversations with the media with the players with his coaching staff you know right now you have to give him the benefit of the doubt with the hard work that they're putting in and it makes a lot of sense Um, the one thing that I didn't I, I was waiting for some snarky media member to ask was like when you said you know uh we've given them their was does that mean no reality series no eating sushi off women i totally forgot about that <laughs> with max gillum on my uh, my boat show Bo- yes. what is it below deck so, yeah below he deck. turned me on to that show <laughs> max is a saint i love that kid i would never watched if i if i watched just because of that and i became a devotee for like two years uh giveaway time george thorogood and the destroyers are playing vegas Palms Inside the Pearl. It's this Saturday, March 25th, 50 years of rock tour. The legendary George Thurgood and the Destroyers. Ticketmaster.com is where you can grab your tickets. But Ari's got a pair right now. 364-1100. Caller 7. Want the skinny on UNLV football? Listen to the weekly UNLV All Access podcast with Cofield and Caleb Herring. A new episode drops each Thursday morning at UNLV All Access on Twitter. Uh, You know I'm really good with Japanese, so I'll translate that. That was actually... High fly ball into right center field. Off the wall. Japan wins. That was it. That was it. I don't know why it took 38 seconds to do it, but that was it. I only know a couple of Korean things. Okay, what does it have to do with Japanese? Well, it's, you Uh-oh, know, Asian. Oh, here we go. Dump up somebody. That's it. Dump, dump, dump. Please. Please. What? Please. No dump. So we got something cool. No, I don't up. know swear words. Yeah. Okay. Um, by the way, Japan and the U.S. going at it here in like 15 minutes. It looked like Mexico was going to pull off the upset, but no dice. So we'll have updates on the World Baseball Classic. As the game moves along, Willie's here. It's Cofield. So we got Paul Gutierrez coming in later. He wrote a really good story. You know, Paul went to UNLV. He's a Raiders writer now. Well, he works for ESPN.com, not the Raiders. But Paul has all the connections going back, you know, 30, 35 years. Well, and, it, it, and he wanted to write a story about th- this – we have to remind everyone who just moved to Vegas or around the country doesn't remember how vitriolic the relationship was between Vegas and the NCAA and the fact that, you know, just down the road from where we are, we're going to have a regional is insane. It is nuts. Even going back like 18, 20 years, you couldn't have imagined it. So Paul framed a story around that, how things have gotten nice between us. But I thought the tone of the story was, don't ever forget, these are the same people who essentially did all they could to end the UNLV basketball program. 
And I love what he got from Anderson Hunt. Anderson doesn't care. He has no filter. He was part of those great teams. And I, he, he relayed a story of Anderson Hunt walking around the concourse of T-Mobile. And Anderson said some Arizona fans recognized him. Well, they introduced him, and Arizona fans booed him. I was like, ah, oh, mama, that is so cool. From back in the day, and for you Arizona fans, yeah, we didn't forget. We didn't forget. And I wasn't here, but I've heard lots of stories about midnight loot. So believe me, the back and forth with the vitriol, oh, it's real. We don't forget. It's major, and it doesn't just have to do with, I mean, it's it's beyond the NC2A, right? I mean, th- that's the storyline this week because uh, the regional is coming here. The West Regional is coming here. But let's not forget that even closer, that was somewhat, however, you know, many years ago, Tark was run out of town, basically. It yep. didn't help. Let's not forget that we are, what, about 10 years away, if not less than 10 years, where the NFL said, no, 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 uh, LVCVA, you cannot advertise your city during the Super Bowl. We're not, we're not too far away from when uh, Brian McCarthy said, no, 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 we'll never send an exhibition game, a preseason game. We, yeah, we'll go to London. We'll go to Mexico City. But we're never going to put a preseason game in Las Vegas. Now... The Super Bowl is coming also. So, a lot of organizations that all of a sudden Give me that chin love flick. Las Give me the Vegas. Chin hey, forget hey, about it. To all of you. Yeah. You need us. All of a sudden, that town back in 1972 when I used to go, why can't we have a pro team here? I don't understand it. This is Las Vegas. I didn't understand there. You know, we needed size. And, but guess what? We got it all now, baby. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve Cofield and at Willie G. Ramirez or tweet the show at Cofield and Co. Boy, that was nice. That felt like we were uh, hearkening back to the good old days here. Knights have been here forever, right? No, the first year and the Vegas flu. My Lord. Darren Millard's up with us. Darren, was that the Vegas flu? No, that was just a bad team. Yeah. Boy, they got... They got smashed. What'd you like about the performance from you know, aside from the obvious, the big margin of victory, what'd you like? The power play. Yeah. I uh, loved uh, scoring a couple of goals and getting some confidence. It created a competition within the power play. The second unit scored both goals, which gets the number one unit uh, a little miffed in the sense of ice time becomes more balanced when you start a power play or if there's a whistle early in the power play, Bruce Cassidy uh, moved his second unit on uh, earlier than than normal uh, than we've seen in the past. Uh, so that uh, that will get the number one unit should get them a little more motivated uh, to not only score but uh, but get pucks to the net, which what you saw on the five on five goals by by Jack Eichel. So uh, the the man advantage, while it's against a, a team that, that you can't consider to be uh, a highly defensive, uh, the confidence factor I, I think does carry over. And uh, when you consider how much that influences star players and their ability to get on roles, I think that's a big factor. So clearly, this coaching staff led by Cassidy has been tinkering much of the year. I think you're going to hate answering this question. Do you trust Butchie more than Gallant and DeBoer with the tinkering? Oh, the the tinkering? I I, I, I answered that uh, too quickly when... uh, 
it's not a factor of trusting him more than the previous coaching regime regimes. Uh, but it is a, a factor that you do trust him and what he's been able to do. He had great power plays in Boston and really effective uh, units. He's been, he's been after this team and this group of power play players to play a certain way all year. And he's not a big fan of cross ice or cross team passes. Those passes that go uh, across the middle of the slot uh, down now near where the hash marks are. They look great when you can be effective. Uh, and if you've got one of those highly uh, potential one-timer guys, uh, I don't know if that's going to stamp his kutcher up, uh, go on down the list. But, uh, but this team doesn't operate that way. So they have to work more in, uh, in a middle-of-the-slot presence, that bumper spot, or just get bucks to the net and, and jump on it uh, on the interior. And that's been the, the stubbornness of the group compared to the ask of the head coach. And he's tried different ways. And I'll just look at Jack Eichel uh, uh, first and foremost. He tried him on the left side, put him on the right side, went back to the left side, and Jack likes to hold on to the puck uh, and, and gets a little more patient than, than Bruce would like. So Bruce went and put him on top uh, where the defenseman normally plays and put the one-time options on, on the two wings. And it's out of Jack's comfort zone, but I think it gets away, uh, certainly does get away from the cross-seam pass which uh, is something that really gets under Bruce's skin. So it's a, it's, it's a continually tinkering process. And, and you see it from the second unit where it's a more simplistic uh, approach and they jump on it, they get the Dorothea uh, play, getting puck uh, right to the net, uh, Kessel uh, jumping to the middle of the net, and Dorothea making a, like a crease pass instead of a cross-seam pass. Uh, I, I think that that, uh, that should resonate with that first unit. Speaking with Darren Millard, voice of the Golden Knights. You can catch him pregame, in between periods, and the calming nature up on press row at the T-Mobile. Uh, Thank you. Calming nature. So so you mentioned the power play. We talked about that when they made the hire, that, well, that's one thing that has to improve and how well he did in Boston. You look back, since February 7th, this team is ranked second in points with 30, one behind the Avalanche. It's ranked sixth with 3.68 point uh, goals per game, but it's ranked 24th on the power play. Last year, we we, we blamed the power play a lot for, for the demise of this team. Why are things working without having to have the power play this year? Why are they on this surge, and why do we kind of look like, oh, hey, well, as long as they're winning, isn't that seem to be the case with everything? As long as they're winning, no big deal. Yeah, no, no, it, I look at it as if the power play got going, how many more points would they have? How many more victories would they have uh, compared to what they did? Uh, because they can score five on five. They've proven that uh, on the road or at home. They've been able to to really uh, produce points uh, without the need for a man advantage. Uh, why are they better this year than last year, where the power play is basically uh, in, the, in the same ballpark? They're healthier. Uh, that, that comes to uh, the, the front of the line, and when you're healthier, you're able to score more goals, and you're able to cover up uh, for those uh, that, that uh, demise or, or missing element uh, of the power play. And that, that's, that's where I think that the biggest difference is from, from a year ago is you haven't had that or never suffered through that second massive wave of injuries, whereas last year it was debilitating. If, if they win tonight, they will equal the number of points that they had a year ago, Willie, wow. which is 
interesting that there's still uh, 11 more games after tonight, uh, which goes to the, the 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 health of the team. Like look at look at the defensemen. Like since they all got healthy, we keep harping on this. Yep. But it's it's true. Like they they've they've lost three games in regulation since the All Star break with those guys healthy uh, on the back end, and that defensive core scored eight points the other night against the Columbus Blue Jackets. They have a massive influence on this this team, and last year it, it wasn't healthy. Let's talk goaltender since you are the emergency backup. Uh, that is a lie. Logan Thompson, I am a practice rehab goalie. Logan Thompson, Jonathan Quick, Laurent Brassois. Yep. Um, you know, I said when they brought Jonathan Quick in that – you know, a lot of people, a lot of clowns were like, what? Oh, my God, he's washed up. And what's he going to do? He's just going to bring this team down. Yet, when you bring – Who was that? Is that an on-air yeah, person? I, I, I was that a fan? Who, who that impression was of. That's not of anybody. I'm just saying Are just sure? in general fan. Is that a morning well, show or that something? That sounded pretty no. darn specific. Uh, that, that's targeting something. That, that's was, not targeting was anybody. That Ed, was that Ed Graney? Was that Jared? Was that Ta- What's going I'm on I'm talking about oh, Twitter, Twitter fans. Come on, Cold guys. I'm, and I want to know – who are you doing the impression of right there? I'm talking about Twitter, Twitter, the Twitter craze people. I don't, I don't listen. I'm by that time in the morning. I'm at the gym. Okay, first of all. Second of all, let's get to the question at hand. How about that flex? Let's get to the question <laughs> yeah. at hand. Jonathan I'm Quick. This was this was a great this was a great move. I feel for both sides. Jonathan Quick. Coming to a team that could sort of not revive his career, but it gives him purpose in between the pipes. And on this backside, you give the Golden Knights some sort of, I don't know, some semblance, some hope with a veteran back there who has a Stanley Cup, right, with Alec Martinez. I thought it was a great move. But you got three guys now. What do you do? Darren Millar, what do you do? What, who, what's, and I, th- I mean, first and foremost, I think Logan Thompson's got to be your guy. He's your all-star. But from there, what do you do? Well, I'm not going to just go off what you say at the risk of you impersonating me like this after I'm done with the show. Uh, I want to see Logan Thompson healthy. I want to see Lauren Bassois healthy. They haven't played yet, mm. Willie. Yeah. So and, and, until they play a couple of games and show that they're back and they're ready to go, because Aiden Hill got hurt and he came back and he was great and then he got hurt again. So I, I need to see everybody 100% before I get close to anointing somebody uh, as the number one. So I, I think you'll see maybe not an even four-game, four-game, four-game between the three, but I think you'll see somewhat close to it. They're going to start Jonathan Quick tonight, uh, and Logan Thompson is scheduled to be the backup, uh, according to the game sheet that I saw. Uh, we'll see whether all three play in this road trip, but I, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take multiple games before I get anywhere close to telling you who's going to start game one of the Stanley Cup playoffs against opponent X, Y, or Z. If I was imitating you, by the way, I would have to have a north-of-the-border accent and throw an A in there. No, you would have to have hair. Oh, wow. Okay. Man, it gets I didn't the tension walk. The tension during these spots. And here, well, you know, I just got that. That was a great segue. I, I know just, where you're going. I just got that. Great segue. He's got to take a shot at you. I just said you're cal- the calming nature. Yep. I was polite. Yep. I was building you up. And all of a sudden, I get you're this You're the gut one chop. that was imitating Manny or somebody like that. Uh, I wasn't it, imitating anybody. Hmm. Well, Steve Cofield and I disagree on that. Well, Steve Colfield is gonna, a I'm, crap stirrer. Yeah, I'm going to stay out of this. Are you I don't, kidding I don't wanna, me? I don't want to stir the pot on this one. Uh, Darren Millard's with us. So, Darren, we got to get your Canadian expertise on the Ashley Vice poll question the other day. 
All right. About which of the uh, following is the best Canadian delicacy? I don't know what three of these four are. Caesars. What is that? The Caesars is like a Bloody Mary, but with really? more flavor. Not tomato juice. It's clamato juice, which is yeah. uh, uh, less less tomato flavoring, more a little more vegetable, mm-hmm. and it's awesome. You and and you put you put some vodka in there. Okay. Nice. Uh, poutine won because I think it's the most American known. Poutine got sixty two percent. Yeah, poutine where you got gravy, cheese, and fries. Yeah, yeah it's tough to go wrong with that. Right. <laughs> what are Timbits? Oh, Timbits is are so the the middle of the donut. Yes. The little uh, circle. Yeah. That's uh, that's a Timbit. When you go to Tim Hortons, right. you get Timbits uh, in the middle of the donut. So uh, it's also part of uh, what they call the the minor hockey program in Canada. Okay. Timbit hockey. All right, so Tim Horton stole munchkins from Dunkin' Donuts. All right. No, no, uh, no, 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 no. I believe it went the other way there, Mike. Really? Oh, uh, you're both yeah. wrong because they both stole it from Winchell's back in the 70s when they were just called, guess what, donut holes. Oh, really? I don't remember the 70s. <laughs> Nor does Willie. Uh, what are cherry blasters? Uh, cherry blasters is a candy. I'm not a big candy guy, uh, but uh, but it's it, it's pretty good. It's uh, Smarties, uh, Smarties in Canada. Oh it's like yeah, M and M's. Yes, the, the chocolate M and M's. Yes, but it's, that that is a Canadian uh, delicacy. And an O Henry bar or a Coffee Crisp bar are both yeah. Canadian delicacies when it comes to chocolate bar family. O Henry is really good. It's like a Mr. Big uh, kind of thing. Uh, it's 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 pretty solid. Peanuts and chocolate and a little caramel thrown in there. Uh, that I would consider that a delicacy as well. The Smarties, by the way, incredible. Smarties, yeah. They and they had they they look like M and M's in their shape and and the and the flavor. But yeah. but there's a different. There's just a hint of a different taste, and they're actually better. I, I'm yeah. a peanut M and M guy, but when you're comparing regular M and M's to Smarties, Smarties, my grandfather used to bring them when he lived come from come in from Ottawa. So you guys have Smarties, but that's like that's like sugar candy. Mm-hmm. The Smarties yeah. uh, no, for us no. is more along yeah. the M and M side of things. And my uh, my mother in law used to give those to my wife to make her be quiet on on trips. <laughs> okay, so that's uh, that's why I'm a big Smarties guy. Darren, where are you right now? Uh, I'm in Studio 31 at City National Arena. We are relaunching nice. Studio 31. First time I haven't been on the road in three and a half months. Beautiful. So. Um, how's your new studio? We just got a new studio over here. Uh, ours noticed. is, it looks the same as before because they did, were the reason why we couldn't be here was because of problems in Denver at the master control uh, yeah. in the control room. Uh, so ours looks and feels uh, the same. But yours, I looked in yesterday. I was surprised you guys were in there. It is spacious. It is modern. And I cannot wait to experience that and be in studio with you guys and disrupt it without a wall between Ari and you guys. Maybe this will help the relationship between Steve and Ari, not having that big wall between the two of you. (laughs) Darren, we will see you, buddy. Thank you. Miss you guys.